The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Acunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Good morning and welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I am the aforementioned Brian Wickard, president and owner of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors, along with Acunet Mortgage Loan Consultant and Manager David Wickert. If you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, which is 414-799-1620. Good morning, David. Good morning, Dad. Let's, uh, we got some stories um, to tell, but first let's just kind of give a quick a review of the home sale numbers in southeastern Wisconsin for the merry, merry month of May. I did a little slicing and dicing. All these numbers come to us from the MLS, that stands for the Multiple Listing Service, which is owned by the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors, of which I am a dues-paying member, and I even have the lapel pin. Have I ever shown you the lapel pin? I believe you. Yep. All right, so here's the scoop. Single-family detached home sales, in other words, not condos, they were off by just 1% this May compared to May of 2018. Hmm. Actually, 0.9, if that makes you feel better. So much better. There were a tad more than 1,800. 1,827 single-family buyers and sellers got together with the help of a member of the National Association of Realtors last month. That's only 16 fewer than a year earlier. Now, here's an interesting number that we were talking about a little bit before we went on the air. The median sales price hit $250,000. Wow. I think that is the first time I have ever seen that number. Median. Median. Okay. That is 30000 American dollars higher, or 13.6% more than the median sales price a year ago in May. David, does that mean that every home in the Milwaukee area has gone up by 13.6% in the last year? No, not quite. Absolutely not. Uh, the latest number we have from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's regulator on home price appreciation for southeastern Wisconsin says home prices are up 6.2%. So how could, why would the median go up almost more than double? The actual rate of appreciation. Well, you're painting with a broad brush using that median number. Uh -huh. You're including 150 home prices with 450 home prices. Right. So if more sold in May this year yeah. in higher priced municipalities, yeah. let's say you just happen to have more homes that sold in Brookfield, Franklin, Wauwatosa, Delafield, higher price than which sold in lower price municipalities, let's say... Um, South Milwaukee? Uh, well, yeah, uh, Butler, City of Milwaukee, okay. um, Hartford, that's a you know more affordable area. If the mix changes, that really impacts the median. Okay. So it's not a direct indication of how much prices have gone up. But none the, the uh, economics are still true, though, that uh, uh, demand is pushing uh, the price of supply higher. That's correct. Now, uh, new single-family listings, speaking of supply, came in at 2,541. That happens to be 724 more new listings than there were sales, mm -hmm. right? So that's why inventory is growing, and that yeah. tends to happen in the spring. Well, um, kids finish school, and suddenly right. you can move because you're not worried about the third grade anymore. Let's get this, exactly. Let's get this thing on the market. Year-to-date, the number of sales is still down. Despite the good May performance on a year-to-date basis, the number of sales is down 8.8% for single-family. Yeah. Listings of single-families are down 5.5. So that's good in terms of an increasing supply. Over in Condoland, 
uh, the situation is markedly different. 375 condos sold. That's 35 fewer or 8.5% less on a percentage basis. The median sales price was up 12% or 20 grand. We're sitting right around 192 for a condo. Median sales price, remember the single family was 250,000. But here's the kicker. New listings of condos were down a whopping 17.7%. Yikes. I am declaring an official condo Shortage. supply emergency. Yeah. Um, all right. Now let's look at the fastest selling. I know you never believe me. First of all, in May, it took the average listing in southeastern Wisconsin, that's five counties, 48 days, 1.6 months to go from listing on the MLS to having an accepted offer. I know that blows you away. Yeah. And then it took another 48 days. So it took the average person 2.9 months selling in southeastern Wisconsin to go from listing their home for sale to the closing table. That is shockingly long to me. I know it is to you. <laughs> I'm laughing because I have someone with an accepted offer who's looking for a 21-day financing contingency closing on July 11th. That's so, all right. Well, that's just, why averages okay. aren't, you know. Yeah, perfect. Right. All right. Uh, top fastest-selling municipalities muskego uh 1.1 months 33 days from listing date to accepted offer saint francis in 10th place 30 days waterford and cutahay tied for eighth place 27 days wauwatosa 26 days don't even say anything yeah west ellis number six at 24 days greenfield and brown deer tied at 23 days from listing to accepted offer then you've got South Milwaukee and Germantown tied at 22 days, and the number one leader could be for two months in a row. Greendale taking only 15 days on average to sell. Does, this is municipalities that have at least 10 sales. Does this include, because I believe the state of the art is post the listing, but you know, two or three days ahead of time before you actually go live and allow I do not visits? think, I'll look that up. Okay. That is knowable, but I don't know the answer. I'm just, Lastly, the slowest selling markets, Heartland, where my house is located, uh, 2.8 months before you get an offer. Delafield, 3.1 months. So kind of walk 3.1. Port Washington, that kind of surprised me, four months. And Bayside, six months on average. Now, Bayside, I will tell you, and Heartland both only had 12 sales. So if you had just one stinker Heartland in there. Had 12 sales total? Yeah. Wow. That's that is kind light. of shockingly low, isn't it? Yeah. So those are all more expensive, you know, yeah. with the exception of Port Washington. But I would say, again, small numbers could skew those averages. All right, so there you go. The market is still tight when it comes to affordable housing. Yeah. And um, and there are plenty of buyers out there. We're, when we come back from this first break, we're going to talk about a Fannie Mae study confirming how little people know, whether they're first-time buyers or move-up buyers, on what it actually takes to buy a home and qualify for a mortgage. We'll cover that when we come back. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, welcome back, and we're going to talk about a Fannie Mae study that they just published or talked about on June 5th, confirming that potential homebuyers, both first-time and existing homebuyers, David, even though they've been through the approval process, apparently they didn't retain much of the They didn't knowledge. have a good mortgage pastor. Well, that's right. Uh, they still overestimate the amount of down payment Ooh. 
and the credit requirements required to buy a home. I'm going to guess they think it's at least 10%. You know, they didn't give me that number, and I, I was trying to find it, and I couldn't. Mm. Uh, they, By the way, the survey is based on 3,000 responses to an online survey that they paired up with somebody else. And sadly, it has not changed uh, since 2015 when they initially did this study. Mm. Uh, they say that more consumers, though, here in, in 2018, report seeing their credit scores recently, but close to half still cannot recall what it was. And worse yet, the large majority of people don't know what to do about their credit score to like make it better, or they kind of don't know if it's good, bad, or ugly, mm -hmm. right? I guess that's why we're here, David. Yes. To help people with that. The lack of mortgage qualification understanding is pervasive, even among current homeowners who say they are actively, oh, that's one category. So current homeowners don't know what's going on. Those who say they are actively planning to purchase in the next three years don't have a clue. And those who successfully answered other general financial literacy questions, they don't know. All right. So there you go. So let's turn to a real life email question that came in to yeah. loanexpert at acunet.com. I'll say this is from Bob, not his real name. And he asks, I used to own a home in Milwaukee that I lost to foreclosure in 2010. Hmm. Right. I think oh, I remember that. That's how many years ago? Nine. Nine. This caused me to file for bankruptcy around uh, 2012. How okay. many years ago is that? Seven. Okay. I recently moved back to Milwaukee and was hoping somebody to purchase a single-family home or a townhouse condo. My pre-tax income is 52800 a year. I wanted to see if I could get pre-qualified for a mortgage, but I'm worried that if I apply and get rejected, it would hurt my credit score, which is currently around 711. Also, I have $0 to put down toward a home. So the question is, with that background, is it worth exploring the pre-approval process now or should I wait a few years for the bankruptcy fee to drop off my record and build up some savings for a down payment? Um, I currently pay about nine seventy-five a month. So I emailed Bob and told him I had to answer the question on the air. And so the answer is he is out of the woods on the foreclosure mm -hmm. because the foreclosure penalty box period for a Fannie Mae loan is? Seven years. Seven years. He's also out of the woods on the bankruptcy because the penalty box for any kind of a bankruptcy is four years, four years. Good job. I had to look it up. You knew it from memory. Yep. And the other good news is that if we use our favorite low down payment loan mm -hmm. for which he would qualify because he had not been a homeowner for the last three years. So he qualifies as a first time home buyer. Again, you can regain your first time home buyer card status. Um, and his income fits inside the box, we could do 0% down mm -hmm. using a, actually it's 3% down on the fan, on the WIDA first mortgage, and then we can provide a WIDA second mortgage to fill in the 3%. So I emailed him back and said, you know, all good news, but take a look at the comparison because even with 0% down. Teaser. Uh, what? Uh, do, the, do the teaser. Even with 0% okay, down. On a $175,000 home purchase. Yes. I just pulled that out of my left ear because I thought it might be affordable for him. How much money do you still have to have right. to make that happen? We'll give you the answer when we come back. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on News Radio 620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. You'll be glad to know, David, I used to sing that song. The and the Pina Colada song back in the day. Yeah, that was something. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, we're talking about uh, a question that we got about a fellow who had a foreclosure in 2010, uh, which is okay because that's seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he also filed bankruptcy in 2012. That's okay too because the waiting period is four years on that. And his uh, speed bump is he doesn't have any money for a down payment. All right. Well, we said we could do a 0% down loan. And the question was on a $175,000 mortgage, if you're putting 0% down, what do you still need in terms of dollars? And by the way, this was with a $4,000 annual uh, property tax estimate. Sure. Did you already look for the answer? I already, I, I did see the you answer, but yeah. Okay. Uh, it's for the answer is four thousand seven hundred dollars. What? Well, that's about seventeen hundred dollars in loan costs. Loan costs on a Weed loan are a little higher than on our other loan products. But then the other three grand comes from things like, oh, you got to pay your first year of homeowners insurance yeah. at the closing. What? I got to pay that in advance? Yes, you pay homeowners insurance in advance. Uh, what about that home inspection you're going to want to get? You have yeah. to pay that in advance. There's a four or five hundred bucks, yep. depending on the size of the home, and you should always things get your on, mortgage right? friends are not charging you. That's right. The yeah. joys of home ownership include, and yeah. then socking away money for the future property tax and insurance. You know, that's all adds up to about three grand. So that forty-seven hundred dollars, I emailed Bob and said, you can ask the seller to pay for that. Mm, seller closing costs. Or maybe you can get a gift from a relative, or you can save like Matt. Yeah. Okay. And so, David, but what's the other thing you think I probably told him about writing an offer in today's market with 0% down and maybe asking for seller closing cost assistance? Hard hard to win. Hard to win. That's right. Because if that seller has any other offer that has a bigger down payment. Which is code for wiggle room. Wiggle room. Ability to get her done. That's right. And I said that to him. So if some, if you're up against an offer that has five percent or ten percent or, God forbid, twenty percent down against your zero, yeah, sellers equate down payment with somehow this has a better Strength. chance of closing. Yeah, right. And that's true, especially if you're putting twenty percent down. You know, because yeah. as we've demonstrated time and again to our customers and talked about on this show, we can make things happen without a lot of pain if your appraisal comes in low. Yeah. Right which oftentimes happens if you're overpaying, right? Bidding over the asking price. Um, but if you're putting zero down, we, we are out of bullets. We can't do anything. Right. You're right. So you don't have any wiggle room. That all said, we have, you know, I don't know, half a dozen, 10, I didn't really count it up, uh, folks so far this year who have successfully closed on loans that we've handled where it's been 0% down and we're taking them to WIDA. Nice. The other 0% down loan program, of course, is VA. You just have to brace yourself for the mm, hard competitive reality that 0% down might have you sitting on the sidelines Correct. longer. Right. You might have more. Or you need bands. to have like a personal in maybe with the. That would always help. Sell, I don't know. They buy from a relative. Or maybe your landlord. Yeah, you know, I, That's anyway. always a good one, too. But then you were just telling me before we went on the show, because I was out of the office, speaking of affordable low-down payment programs, after WIDA, our next favorite one is Fannie Mae's Home Ready uh, Loan Program. Yeah. And they are cranking down the screws on that. It yeah. used to be that you only had to make less than $77,100 in southeastern Wisconsin to compare for this special 30-year fixed rate loan program that has just basically better pricing, better pricing and lower cost of mortgage insurance. Well, 
they're apparently writing more of that type of business than they want. Yeah. And so they are decreasing the income threshold instead of 100% of area median income, $77,100. $300. Oh, $77,300. Yeah. Oh, they're cranking it back to, what did I say it's going down? 80% of that. Which is about $62,000. That's effective July 20th. So it's going to knock some people out, yeah. you know, which is, I think, exactly what they're trying to do. And why do I think they're trying to do that, David? They might have to be grown-ups and live in the public markets sometime soon. Correct. So there is an increasing drumbeat this last week talking about here's, here comes the Trump administration's plan for uh, returning Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac from government conservancy to being publicly traded private companies. I know you're uh, going to wrap okay. it, well, they're, but they're talking about it. And so yeah. then I think if you're a Fannie Mae, you go, wow, if, if we're going to have to report to shareholders. Maybe and not gotta, just the U.S. Treasury. Maybe we got to write some less risky loans more profitably because basically they're kind of giving away the store on this program, which is awesome for homeowners. Yes. But they're pulling it back. We hope that their sister across the street there in Virginia doesn't follow suit, but I bet they will. That's called Freddie Mac. They have a similar program. All right, when we come back, we'll give you a little rate roundup after the news and talk about the jobs report, which was a bonanza for both the stock market and interest rates late this week. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And let's not forget the number one son, David Wickert, who joins us now with a rate update. And this week's rates, lower rates, are brought to you by further trade tariff threats to Mexico, which, by the way, have now been alleviated. For now. <clears throat> and then also a much weaker than expected jobs report. David, how many jobs did the United States economy create in the month of May, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics? 75,000. And I don't know if you saw, but they also lowered April and March. That's correct. So that now... So we're less awesome those months. So far in 2019, job growth averaged 164,000 new jobs per month. Mm -hmm. That is down from an average monthly job creation rate of 223,000 jobs per month in 2018. Mm -hmm. That's quite a drop. Yeah. And then also uh, during Barack Obama's second term, the average was 217,000 jobs per month. So the Wall Street Journal uh, op-ed piece is, hey, Mr. Trump, maybe you want to settle up on this Chinese trade thing, because that sure seems like it's being a drag on the job market. Yeah. Even though the unemployment rate stayed steady at... 3.6. Yeah. And wages grew 3.1%. That is kind of a yeah. important headline number, because... They're paying people more. more. Usually that would spark inflation fears, which are the enemy of interest rates. Yes. But on Friday, we had like the Goldilocks, oh my goodness, we had this bad jobs report, and it helped stocks how do you how did that happen mm, be, uh, good question because because they got crushed on wednesday <laughs> well it's because the federal reserve now is saying you oh, know yeah. maybe we will cut interest rates sometime this summer odds are pretty low for a fed interest rate cut in june but on july i think 25 percent odds here in june in july they are at 66 percent okay. for a quarter cut 20 percent for a half here is the takeaway folks the interest rate markets 
have already baked in a Fed rate cut. You do not need to, nor should you, wait for that event to happen because the market already assumes it's going to happen, and the market could change its mind depending on what happens between now and then. So the smart trade when it comes to mortgage rates is if you've got the opportunity, you know, there's there's an old saying that says, trade the rumor, sell the fact. That just means do it now. Yeah. Because rates are really low. David, how low are mortgage rates low at low overhead acunate? 3.875% on a 30-year fixed with just $995 in cost. APR is 3.9. So I think as you are running on radio spots, if you have a rate of four and a half or higher, please call. Uh, or if you prefer the no loan cost option, which is my personal favorite, 3.99% with Zero. How many? Say it again. Zero. zero loan costs. The APR is the same. Now, um, you know, the the people are going to think about should I wait or not? And then the other thing, though, that really, really matters, and just think about this, it makes all the sense in the world. What do you multiply the interest rate by in order to come up with a payment? It's the loan amount. Yeah. So if you're sitting there with a $50,000 loan, Moving the interest rate even 1% isn't going to matter very much. Right. If, on the other hand, you have a $400,000 mortgage balance and you move the rate just a quarter point. That's real money. That's 1000 bucks. So, you know, size matters when it comes to the refi equation, I should say. The other thing that we see people doing, because their home equity lines of credit are starting with the number five or worse okay yep is now would be a great time to put that together yes with your first mortgage maybe on a 15-year fixed and get a three handle as i like to call it three Mm -hmm. point something Mm -hmm. on a 15-year fixed and get her done might even be able to do that depending on all the facts and circumstances on a 30-year or a 20-year remember we can also customize your remaining loan term to any number of years between 10 and 30 right if you're four years in and you don't want to I don't start over go back sure. you know people don't some people just don't want to start over which is fine we'll give you a 23 year long that's fine we got that in the toolkit yeah so a lot of good reasons and by the way we're not the only ones enjoying this refi um boom here that's happening so the plumbing of mortgage lending appraisers title companies underwriting is starting to get clogged up yeah now because we're cool cats we can still handle your 30-day or closing and 21-day financing contingency. But just a note to any real estate agents out there, it's it's going to get busy, worse. Turn times are going to get slower. So maybe you want to go for the 35 or 40-day closing. All right, when we come back, I've got a story to tell. Speaking of credit scores and not really kind of understanding what yours really is and how it impacts you, I've got a story to follow up on. When we come back after this break, you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on News Radio 620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Earlier in the show, we were talking about how typical Americans don't understand their credit report or credit scores and what it takes to get a mortgage when when you said that i just bristled at the uh, nation's largest lender who wants to tell you that you can how's that 
You got this? Uh, no, with the yeah, right on your phone. You can get a mortgage right on your phone, oh, yeah. except well, except you don't know what you're doing. That's true. So anyway, so I, I, I think we might have talked about this last week, David. I can't remember, but uh, had a past client call up and looking to uh, the initial call was it looking to finance a twenty thousand dollar roof replacement, and talked them through it. Okay. What do you think your credit score is? Oh, I think mine's, you know, 720. And his wife's score, she thought was like 630 or 40. And okay, great. Well, let's take the application. The other unique thing about this was that the wife owned the home before they were married. So she's the only one on title. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he was not put on title when they got married? Nope. Nor is he on the loan because she still has the loan from when she bought the house. So wouldn't you know, uh, and this happens, if it happens once a day, it happens 10 times a day. Yep. The credit scores that they're looking at are on a different FICO scoring model than the one one that lenders use. So her credit score is 598, not 630. Mm. And his is 696, not 720. And so the problem is to do a refinance right now, we have to have them both on the loan. We can't leave her off of the loan. And right. the reason is he's not entitled. Yeah. It's a weird rule. It's called continuity of title. <clears throat> and so at first I said, Even if you're married. Even if you're married. Yeah. That's right. Well, because they bought the house before yes. uh, the marriage. Yeah. Anyway, I said, well, why don't you call the roofer, a couple of roofers and see if they offer financing? And I still haven't heard back from them on that. I know they started that inquiry process. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what if they can give you a loan for 6% just for the twenty grand? And then we'll put the husband on title right now. And then Make him an owner, yeah. in six months, yep. we could refinance sure. and pay off the uh, roof loan, something like that. Um, well, for, I got an email. I was out of town for a couple of days. No, we really want to proceed you know, with the refinance. And the only avenue we have for a credit score that low is? FHA. That's right. Because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac won't lend for, to people who have credit scores less than 620. And so I'm telling them in this email, you know, two things. If we go the FHA route, you are going to incur a $2,957 upfront FHA mortgage insurance premium that you will never recover. And that gets lumped on the loan amount. You don't yeah. have to pay it out of your pocket. It's going to increase your loan amount. And on top of that, you're going to pay like $111 of mortgage insurance. But because they have more than 20% equity, yeah. it would drop off after 10 years. Okay. Um, so, you know. You you view this as more, you're more allergic to that than I would be if I was recommending that as a path. Okay. If only because the upfront premium that might get lopped onto your loan. Yeah. If your home appreciates in value by by the one or two percent that that might cost you, it's that's um, it's it's paid for by the person who buys your house sometime in the future. Maybe, but then you know it's just you're 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 incurring a expense twenty nine hundred dollar expense on something that only costs you twenty. It's like you're paying twenty three thousand dollars for the roof just right there. But wait, there's more. Because of the super low credit score, in order to get them any kind of a reasonable rate, they have to pay $2,500 in other closing costs. Oh, okay, never mind. Okay? So it's really like $5,400. Yeah, for, to get at 20000 To 20, finance bucks. this roof. Yeah. So then I cracked, oh, is it time for a break? Almost. 
Okay, tell you what, I'll tell you what the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, after this last break in the show, you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on 620 WTMJ. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, we're talking about helping a couple do a cash out refinance to pay for a roof repair and they're really uh, itching to go with the only available option right now because of the um, wife's 598 credit score is FHA, which is going to cost them 5,500 American dollars to scratch the itch of a $20,000 need. And so the other tool that I cracked open is our what if simulator tool where I say, well, what would it take to move her 598 credit score? And I was once again astounded that, and I wrote this in an email to them on Friday, that if we paid down a credit card from $2,200 balance currently down to 1500 With a limit of what? 2500 Ah. Okay, so from 2200 down to 1500 so that's how many dollars? Uh, 700 bucks. Okay. And then paid down another one of her cards from 900 to 700 All right, so we're having a little technical difficulty there. Sorry about that, folks. But, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, how we've got different tools that we can use to help navigate uh, through the forest of financial difficulty, or, you know, information that um, normal people walking around don't um, understand. Okay, so now we're going to tell you a follow-up story uh, from last week, and that's of the couple where they were both bank managers for a large um, national bank. And they ended up coming to Acunet for their home financing, uh, home pr- for the purchase of a contemporary home in Waukesha County. And it's fairly quick closing. And the problem, if you recall from last week, was that we uh, got the appraisal back and the comps were not so good because of the five comparable sales, only one was contemporary and sold for a lot less than the others. And so here, you know, a week before closing, we were asked to go back to the appraiser and get either additional comps or explain why he, the appraiser, didn't make more negative adjustments due to the architectural style of the home. Well, uh, then it turned out that the appraiser was out of town. So I get on the phone with the buyer's agent and the buyer, first of all, to explain what's going on and how we're not going to be able to get any commentary back from the appraiser until the day the loan was supposed to close, the transaction was supposed to close, which was last uh, a week ago, Friday, the 2nd of June. So, hey, you know what, could we please get an extension? Well, you know, the seller was still upset, but I got on the phone with the listing agent, explained, this is really your best shot, and we might come out okay. Because really, anybody who needs a loan on this property is going to face the same obstacle of a lack of uh, comparable contemporary sales. Bottom line is, we got the um, appraisal to find another comp, sent it in, got that approved on Monday, got the appraisal that was highly suspect, checked it off, as my operations chief, Jason Hansen, said it would. And so we closed this past Friday. And David told me, because I wasn't able to be there for the closing, that those two people, did I mention they're both branch managers for a large bank, said, had this happened, at their bank, there's no way they would have ever closed on time or even within a week. It would have taken weeks to unravel that problem. Plus, uh, we were able to match their awesome employee, inside employee pricing uh, that, that they were getting from the bank. And 
they also got direct access to the chief firefighting and problem solving officer. That would be me um, to help navigate this and, and explain what's going on to the um, buyer's agent and listing agent. All right. So that's the kind of service you get from a medium sized company. We're not huge. We got 35 employees, not 3,500, but we also don't just have three. So we've, I think, got better resources to get the job done. And don't forget, if you're looking to refi, rates are super low right now. And Acunet's closing costs are typically one to $3,000 less than you'll pay your current bank or servicer. So all you got to do to get started with your rock solid guaranteed pre-approval to buy or a no hassle, no pressure refi checkup is click on that blue button. You'll find that blue button at accunet.com. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620. WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.